0: some reason today I'm forgetting which button to push. Anyway, there I am. We've done some reading recently about viruses, and we've learned something really interesting. A virus is an organism that can't live for long or very healthily on its own. It has to attach to a host. It has to have a victim, and that it must invade and attach itself to that victim, that organism, and even somehow Get a hold of its genetic design and and try to alter that and make it sick well you you might be thinking, well, okay, virus, uh, what I 'm talking about is something like a little bug, maybe the flu. you know if you had the flu, I've had the flu, I hate the flu. By the way, if you get the flu, Tamiflu helps, okay, just just a little extra tip there, anyway, have you ever been diagnosed with a spiritual virus? Has someone ever said you got a you got a spiritual virus, maybe? Maybe not. I know it sounds a little weird, but we're going to spin this out, and hopefully it won't sound so strange after a while. Now, what if I told you that there is something that has infected and hijacked the God-given spiritual DNA of literally millions of people in America and billions around the world? We're going to talk about this problem and call it a virus to help us understand it. Hopefully, it'll be a little less weird as we do. Here's our major statement for the whole series right here. This virus affects our thinking and causes an attitude of ineptitude that focuses on what we lack instead of what we have to leverage. It focuses on what we lack instead of what we have that we can leverage in life. Today, we're going to talk about what it is and get an overview of this virus. Next week, we'll talk about what it does and how it affects our lives. In week three, we're going to talk about the heart test that we can take, just like you can take a flu test. There's a spiritual heart test that we can take to see if we're infected with this virus. In week four, we're going to talk about how to prevent, how to keep it away. And then in week five, we're going to talk about how we keep it away for the future and don't have to fight this battle anymore. Guys, many people have lived with this virus throughout their whole entire life being hampered and hindered by it, and they don't know it and they didn't realize it in their whole life
1: all right, so here we go i've been told that i've got something called kyphosis now it's not a disease, but it's a what it is it's a um, abnormal or over a curvature of the top of your spine and so it causes kind of a hump. Somebody, somebody between the services said they're going to start calling me Quasimodo. <laughs> like, thanks a lot. Appreciate that one. I'm not self-conscious at all. Now, I'm telling you about this, not so that you'll feel bad, like, oh, my gosh, he's deformed. Well, no, no, no. Um, uh, th- that's not why. But I want to see if you can relate to me or relate with me uh, on what it feels like when somebody tells you that something's wrong with you. That you are less than perfect, that something is out of whack. Uh, I I think, what, am I I, I deformed? Uh, I have a defect that can't be. I'm a good person. I I try. I can't be defective. What are you talking about? We can get offended. We can be hurt. We can get frustrated uh, sometimes when we're diagnosed with something that is less than ideal, something that tells us, oh, yeah, you're less than perfect. And it doesn't always feel good. As a matter of fact, I, I've actually never had it feel good. In my case, I went, I went and had some x-rays, and, and what they, they confirmed that my vertebra, a few of them are, are shaped a little different. So when that, it causes that. And, and I have to admit, once looking at the x-rays, I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm faced with it. I will accept the fact that I'm damaged.
0: Have you ever had a similar experience where someone told you, maybe a doctor or somebody else, that you were less than 100%, that you weren't perfect, there was a problem? Uh, What if I told you today that you are less than 100% and you have been affected and very possibly infected with this virus? Well, we're going to give this virus a name today. We're going to call it a poverty mentality, a poverty mentality. Mentality. We're going to spin this definition out as we continue this morning. Now, our prayer in this series that we're starting today is that as we go through these weeks and look at this poverty mentality and what God says about it and how to deal with it, that we'll all begin to take down walls, let go offenses, and and get over diversions that could stop us from being free of this virus called a poverty mentality. You know, realizing you have a problem is the first step, right? Well, realizing you have this virus is your first step in dealing with it. So let's look at an overview uh, of what a
1: hijacked spiritual DNA looks like, and then what your original design, the, the original DNA, is. spiritual DNA is supposed to look like. This is going to help us begin to accept that we've. Everybody in here has been affected many of us likely infected by this, what we're calling a spiritual virus. I'm going to give you some stats to begin. So these are stats about poverty, like literal financial poverty in the U.S. This is taken from the U.S. Census Bureau. And the poverty line is, we can define it this way, a family of four making 20, 24600 or less per year. That, that's what In the U.S., that's what's considered the poverty line. of Americans live below this poverty line, okay? Now, in Matagorda County, where almost, if not everybody in here lives, 18% of people live below this poverty line. And then if we come on down to Bay City, 24.9%, almost one of every four people, live below this financial poverty line. They, They live below it. And so... Living in such an economically depressed area, it makes it that much more likely that me and you, whether you, whether you make more than that or less than that, isn't really the issue. Uh, a very rich person can have a poverty mentality, mentality just as much as a very poor person. But the fact that we live in, a again, an economically depressed area makes it very likely that we are uh, affected by it, We've dealt with the, how it uh, attaches and, and what it does to people's lives just because we see it every day. The question is this. Will you accept the fact that there's a good chance you've been damaged by this or will you build walls and live in denial?
0: Now, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be infected by this virus, this poverty mentality and I'm going to make some statements. And uh, if you feel like, oh, I can relate to that, oh, I've said that, maybe maybe you've been affected by this virus or maybe even infected by it, okay? All right, here, here's, here they go. If I had the money they had, I would spend it better than they do. You went where on vacation? Oh, it must be nice. I'm lucky if we get to stay a night in Houston sometimes. You got the new Jordans? I'm lucky if I get my dad's hand-me-down Spaldings. I don't have enough time or money or smarts or training to do any of that God stuff, to do any of the church stuff. I, I don't have time to serve in church. I don't have time to be with my family or clean my garage. I, I just don't have time. I never have the money to go somewhere nice or eat out nice and have a great time or give tithes and offering at my church. How about this one? We'll never be able to have enough to go somewhere like that, do something like that. That's a poverty mentality. I don't have the smarts, the training to lead a group, to take a responsibility, to lead a team. That's a poverty mentality. I just don't have what it takes to do what God is asking me to do right now. It's a poverty mentality. It's the I don't have enough poverty mentality. Now, here's the thing. If your design, your spiritual DNA has been hijacked by this virus, it constantly talks to you and tells you that you lack and need more. It's like that little bird in your ear saying, you can't do that, you don't have enough, you can't do that, you don't have the time. It makes your default always toward no, always toward lack. You're leaning this way because of that voice. Now, here's the kicker. Here's the worst thing about this. You work for more, but more is never enough, and you are never satisfied. A person infected with this poverty mentality, doesn't matter how much they get or whatever, they're just not satisfied. They keep making the same excuses no matter how much they might have. What this virus does is it affects everything.
1: And in your in your life, and it'll turn your pluses from blessings to points of lack. Give you a couple of examples. Uh, marriage, for one, marriage is a is a plus, is a blessing. In case you didn't know that, uh, or, or like after your fight this morning, you're not so sure. I want you to know it is. It's a plus. It's a blessing. And let, let's think about a marriage. Let's just think about date night, for example. If you have a date night, if not, you probably understand the concept. Well. Someone with the poverty mentality will turn their marriage and date night into a point of lack. And here's kind of how it would go. Well, we don't have enough time for a date night because we're too busy. I mean, we're just busy people. We're busy. I'm I'm too busy. Or, well, we don't have enough money to have a date night because we've got to pay for our seven children and X, Y, Z, and this that they have and that. And we have bills and we've got this and that. So we don't have enough money to ever... Uh, have date night. Your, your marriage is becoming a point of lack in your relationship. Uh, we don't have energy. We just, have, we just flat don't have the energy for extra or for special time together because we're worn out from work and from kids and from life. These are signs of a poverty mentality. It's a sign that you very well are infected by this virus. Now, you go through that little mindset, but then you say this, well, I have to work extra to earn extra money so I have more money to pay for a date night. And so you do it. I'm going to put in those extra hours. I'm going to make this happen because I really think I should. And then when it happens, well, I'm too tired for date night because I work the extra hours to have to pay for date night. (laughs) Here's another one employment. Folks, employment is a plus. Having an income is a blessing. So it's a positive in life. Well, a poverty mentality will turn that into a source of lack instead of a, a blessing. It be something like this. If you've thought this, it might be you. They don't pay me enough for what I do. I'm not getting enough hours. I don't ever get enough hours. They always give enough hours to Jim. Jim always gets all the hours. I don't ever get any. <laughs> I'm not getting enough. I don't ever, I don't ever get enough. I never get the recognition I deserve. They're always Somebody else is always taking all the credit. And here I am getting left and nobody, uh, this, it's just not fair. That's a sign of a poverty mentality. How about this? They, they always work me too hard and they always let everybody else slide. If I would have done that, they would have thrown the book at me. They would have fired me. They would have docked my pay. But no, Jill gets away with it. And if that's the way you see your in your job, your employment, you are infected with a poverty mentality. All of these things are signs
0: of having this virus. Now this virus can infect people to the point that they make decisions out of fear of lack instead of trusting God. There's that birdie again saying Oh, you you can't do that. You can't make that decision because you may not have enough later for this other thing. So they make decisions based on fear of lack instead of trusting in God. God's telling me to do this. I'm going. Uh, Let me give you some examples of what we're talking about. Uh, You may have heard, you know, to help you in your Christian life, you need to have Christian friends to encourage you, to help you out, to be your friend, to tell you the truth when you need to hear it. You, You need to develop some of those kinds of relationships. But... A person who's thinking fear of lack would say, well, I just don't have the time. I mean, I, I don't have the time or the energy or the willpower. I'm trying to get more hours at work and trying to get more money so I can get what I want. So I just don't have the time or the energy to develop some relationships that could be helpful to me. Here's another example. God says, bring your tithe and offering into the church. But then this mentality says, I can't because I won't have enough for X, Y, or Z, whatever it might be. Here's another one. Today we're urging people to come tonight at 6:30 to the free seminar, but a poverty mentality might say, "Well, if I miss out on that, I'm not going to have that extra time, and I got a big hard work work week coming up, so I can't do it." Besides that, it's daylight savings time, and I'm already tired. <laughs> now, this virus will even affect you to the point that you feel like you have to need feel like you have to apologize when you get a compliment. For instance, someone says wow, those are nice shoes. And you might respond, well, I got them on sale. Or, man, you have such a beautiful house. But a poverty mentality might respond and say, yeah, but if you only knew all the cracks and problems I knew about it, you wouldn't be so impressed. Or how about this one? You get a new car and someone says, man, that's a a nice vehicle. Well, you might do like I recently did. We ended up having vehicle issues. You might remember the story of my daughter wrecking her mom's car and all that. So the end result of Lori losing her car is that I got a truck again, right? And so Chad says I'm a man again finally. Anyway, so, <laughs> so I, uh, I get this truck, and somebody sees me, and, and, and they make a compliment. They said, Ed, that's a great-looking truck you got. And instead of just saying thanks for the compliment, I said, yeah, well, it's 15 years old. It just doesn't look like it. It's been in grandma's uh, garage somewhere, and it's only got this many miles, and I got a great deal. It's like I'm apologizing for my blessing. I mean, what is up with that? That's just, that's just not right. That's showing a mentality of lack. Maybe you've done this too. All right, here's another way. So hopefully you guys are
1: kind of catching on to maybe I do have this because that, that's what we're going for. Um, we hope everybody walks out of here thinking. Dang it, I've got the poverty mentality. Um, I'm infected. Here's another way. In case you haven't, no, none of those are me. I'm still golden. All right, here we go. In addition to focusing on what you lack instead of what you have to leverage, this mentality, this virus will amplify pride in your life so that you don't receive well. I have a friend who... Has never let me give him a thing. Like nothing, um, he has to pay his own way all the time, even in small instances. Uh, for example, Diane and I have a kind of a, a side hustle, and this guy is one of our, our, our customers, and he has spent some money. And so, from time to time, I like, hear, "Man, you can have this. Take it." I mean, and he's like, "Nope, got to pay my own way." No, 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 no. It's just a dollar. I know, but here, here's the dollar. He refuses to let me bless him. He won't have it, won't have anything to do with it. I, just this last week, was talking to another guy, another friend, and I actually told him, dude, you've got the poverty mentality. He looked at me and said, man, I'm offended. (laughs) I said, well, I've got it too, so we're in the same boat, but he was saying how he did all this work for this organization, and they wanna give him free tickets to get into an event because he's done all the work, and he volunteered a lot of time, and he's like, yeah, but... I'll take it for myself, but my family, my wife and kids, no, I'm paying for them. I'm, I'm gonna pay. I'm gonna make sure that I pay their way. I'm like, what the heck is wrong with you? Take the free tickets. <laughs> Poverty mentality will make you say, no, 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 I can do it on my own. I don't need your help. I, I can make it happen. I'm gonna make it work. You refuse to let others pay or, or to give to you. I can pay for myself. So when you, when you have this mentality and it's gotten you to this point not only do you think that way, no, I don't need a handout. No, 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 I ain't taking that. You do the same thing to God, guaranteed. You have a hard time receiving from God if you have a poverty mentality. No, I don't need that. God, I can, I don't, I can, make, I can manage. I don't need this from you. And so you try to make it through life on your own. You go through life lacking because you refuse to receive
0: help. Okay, we're going to flip the coin now and talk about what it looks like to have healthy spiritual DNA, our original design, designed by God. Look at this. I focus on the good I have and God's will for it. Everything I have can be leveraged for God's will. So instead of focusing on what I will in my life, I do have and how I can use it to do God's will in my life. Let me give you some contrast here. If you make $52,000 a year, you are richer and earn more money than 99% of the rest of the world. 99%. If you have a family of four and you only have an income of $24,600 a year, you're in the top 19% of the richest people in the world. Now, there's a... uh, an established, uh, guideline that's been established for international economy and stuff like that. And the international poverty line is set at this under $2 a day. You're living in poverty. That's an international standard. And half of the world lives on less than $2 a day. It's amazing. Whereas we in America and so much of the world, we're just we're the richest we've ever been. We've got the most of everything we have ever had. But so many people who are infected with this virus see lack. We have so much, but they see lack. Now, Jesus is going to talk about this. And here's his context. He's giving a message to these people. And he's trying to get them to see how life works, how to think God's way instead of their way. How to think of what you have rather than what you lack. Let's look at it. Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out into the fields and look at the wildflowers. They never primp or shop, but have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? He's saying, you've got everything. You've got God. He's going to take care of you. Let's read on. What I'm trying to do here is get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Not being lack-focused, always feeling, feeling like I have to work for more, but being God-focused, saying, God, what are you giving me? What do I have I can leverage For you. People who don't know God and the way He works fuss over these things, but you know both God and how He works. So steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. There it is. Quit thinking of what you lack. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Right now. Focus on what you can leverage right now. And don't get worked up about what, you may, about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Now, I want to look at verse 33 one more time. And here's a different translation. We get a little different shade of meaning and insight. Make your top priority God's kingdom and his way of life. And all these things will be given you as well. So the opposite of a lack mentality is when I have a healthy mentality, I'm looking for reasons to bless. I'm I'm excited to give. I'm excited to help people. Uh, I'm excited to take care of my family. I'm I'm looking forward to this because I'm focusing on what God has already given me. Here's Here's a way of turning around those statements we made earlier, okay? When I have a healthy DNA, I'm free of this virus, I might say something like this, you know, we're going to make date night happen. It's going to happen, honey. Let's figure it out. Let's do it. It's important. Or a person might say, you know what? I'm ready to step up and start to tithe and obey God in my giving. God's going to help me. I'm going to do this. Or someone gives you a compliment about those shoes, you remember, and you say, yeah, they are nice, and they're so comfortable, too. Or... How about this one? Oh, thanks for the compliment. I love my house. You want to take a tour? Or, yes, you you could pay for my lunch. How how generous. Thank you. When we're healthy, we can readily receive from people and from God. Let me say that again. When we're healthy spiritually, we can receive easily both from God and from people. Now, a person with this kind of healthy spiritual DNA we're talking about who focuses focuses on the blessings God's given them. That that kind of person has a mentality, and you could describe their mentality like this. They have a thankful heart. They have a gratitude attitude. Their thinking is positive because they know God has blessed them. They do have something they can leverage in life. Uh, We've looked at off and on for years. It's just such a great story about the story of David in the Old Testament of the Bible. As a young man, God had said he was going to be king. And then as he got older, the present King Saul began to hate him. And so King Saul was chasing him literally all over the country with his army. And David got to the place he had to hide in caves in the mountains to try to stay away from Saul. And so as these things were happening, when David had a few minutes to breathe, he would stop and he would write. And we have some of what he wrote in the Bible, in the book of Psalms. And I want you to see this one little verse about his attitude when he was hiding, running for his life from King Saul. Look what he says. Oh, how grateful and thankful I am to the Lord because he is so good. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) He, He may not even be closing his eyes. He might be praying while he's looking for Saul. You know, he's checking out the canyons. And yet he's saying... I'm just so grateful, I'm just so thankful because God has been so good. Then he said this, I will sing praise to the name of the Lord who is above all lords. He's saying, I'm gonna keep focusing on God, I'm gonna focus on the good, I'm gonna focus on what I have, what I don't, even though in his situation it was clear that it was a really tough situation. So what do
1: we do? What do we do with this message today? How do we make this how do we apply this to our lives? We've got, we got three things to give you today. First is this. Ask God to help you recognize and accept the fact that you have been affected and maybe, I would say, very likely infected by this poverty mentality virus. There's probably been at least one thing today that you're like, oh my gosh, I have said that or I have thought that. Well, and the, the good news is, that's why we're talking about it. So we, we're gonna, so we can begin to shift to leveraging instead of lacking. Um, accept the fact that you have to deal with and you've had an, a, an attitude of ineptitude that focuses on what you lack instead of what you have to leverage. Second thing, number one, is accept, right? You know, the first part of fixing a problem is admitting. Second one is this. Ask God to show you what he's placed in your life. Ask him to show you what he's placed in your life and how you can leverage those things for his will and to bless other people. If you are experiencing, I, I, I lack all the time, ask God to show you, well, yeah, but here's what you have. Here's what, you, here's what I've given you. As a matter of fact, here's another uh, passage, uh, here's another verse out of Psalm. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. I'm gonna give you my version of that. May I always remember the good things. God, help me always remember what you have given me. God, help me, help me remember, help me recognize the good that I have in my life. That's a, begin to shift. That's a, this is one, one of the things we can do to begin to push this virus out of our lives. The third thing is this. Ask God to help you receive what he is giving. I don't need anything. I can make it on my own. Ask God to help you receive what he's giving. 1 Corinthians 4 7, listen to this. What do you have that God hadn't given you? I want you to know something. Every good thing you have in your life today, God gave it to you so you didn't get it on your own anyway. He's already given you a lot. So, God, help me to receive what you want to give me. Kind of like a parent who wants to give their child good things. I mean, I want to give my kids good things, I want to help them with good things and I want them to receive. How many of you ever had a child that didn't want to receive the good you were trying to give them, and then you just wanted to choke them? Well, um, (laughs) yeah, I think if you're you're a parent, you understand. God wants to give you good things. You and I have to say, okay, God, I'll, I'll take that. He's always wanting to do that. Let's be people that recognize and receive what God is giving, things like his love, his help, his kindness, his direction, let's receive those things.
0: So let's kind of summarize it, distill it down to a concept. If we recognize that we've been affected and maybe infected with this spiritual virus, then we can deal with it, we can do something about it, and our life can change. And what's cool is that I get better, but it also affects other people. This past week, Chad and I met a new friend, and... This guy was just awesome, and, and, and we, the conversation with him ended, and Chad and I looked at each other and said, that guy's just got it figured out. He's just full of life. He was so positive. He had the opposite of this poverty mentality. He had the healthy mentality, and he affected us. We were like, I just feel better talking to the guy. Well, that's how it can be in your life and people around you as you're getting free and getting the mentality God wants you to have. All right, y'all stand. Some of you may be here today, and you realize that you're not really connected to God, and you're ready. He's got you ready. There's faith in your heart to believe, and so we want to give you that opportunity right now to do that, and you can do that just with a simple prayer. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray like I'm you, and you just repeat these phrases in your heart with your own words to God, and this can be the day you connect with God. Lord, thank you for dying for my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for coming into my life right now. Come into my life, Lord. Become my boss, my best friend, and my guide. I give you my life, and I look forward to the rest of my life with you. In Jesus' name. Now, Lord, I pray for the rest of us. I pray this week you would just make this something that is just, uh, we're just aware of it. Make us more aware of the fact that we can give into a poverty mentality. Make us aware of that this week. Help us begin to deal with this so we can be free the way you want us to be free. Bless these folks, I pray now in Jesus' name. Amen.